Is the fear of other people's opinions of you holding you back? If so, you might want to listen to today's episode. Welcome to It Is Well podcast. I am your host, Bontu, a teacher and a youth speaker. This is the space where we challenge and inspire young adults to develop their own personal relationship with Jesus. You have been bought with a price and blessed with talents that set you apart. Here, we like to have deep conversations with youth just like you who have different roles in ministry, school, and work. Through this podcast, we offer you encouragement, resources, and real-life advice as you journey through life's challenges. We are so glad that you are here with us. Thank you for joining us today. On this episode, we have a new guest as well, and I am super excited to welcome her on this show. Welcome, Lena. Thank you so much, Pontu. Hi, everyone. Yes, we are more than thrilled to have her here and this is her first time here, but not her last time. When you guys hear Amen. her on the show, you'll know why. Mm. <laughs> so, Lena, tell us a few things about yourself. So, my name is Lena Nichiza, and I'm 21 years old. I like to serve God. I'm passionate about medical missionary, uh, learning about health, how the body functions, and also uh, serving God. And I'm from Rwanda, so I'm excited to be talking to you guys today. Thank you so much for inviting me, Bontu. We are super thrilled that you are here and are going to share with us on this topic. So, Lena, what's uh, one thing that you are really thankful for in this season in your life? I am really thankful for life. I always say, you know, tell mm -hmm. my friends every time I wake up and, you know, see that I'm breathing, even mm -hmm. if I'm going through hard times, that's mm -hmm. always my motivation. And it's always the proof that God has never left my side. So mm -hmm. I'm really thankful for God because just the fact that I'm leaving is proof that God is still with me and has never left my side. Mm. And yeah, so to those who are discouraged and think God is away from you, just know that God is still with you because you're still breathing. Amen. Yes, great advice. What's one thing like you were scared of trying? But when you tried it, you're like, this is so much fun. Like, I wish I could do it next time again. Something I was trying for the first time. Mm. Okay, I tried to go on the trampoline for the first time. It was not scary when I saw it. I thought it was so simple. But when yeah. I went to the trampoline, man, I was so unstable. I was falling. I was like, is this the fun things people have been saying? You know, it's fun. But for me, yeah. I was not falling. Everybody is enjoying. You know, but after a few minutes, you know, I was able to bounce a little. And I was like, oh, this is actually fun. Yeah. And <laughs> something I was scared to try. And yeah. uh, but I found it was fun was ice skating. I'm still learning. Ooh. But it's a fun thing to do. Yeah. So <laughs> I still fall on ice sometimes. But, you know, it's very fun and interesting thing yeah mm, nice I've never done ice skating it's one of those things that I'm always like I want to do it I want to do it but I always think of the worst thing I don't know why mm. <laughs> I'm like what if I break my leg what if <laughs> <laughs> it's like do you know when you like when uh, I don't know if you had this thing but when you were like uh younger like when mm. let's say you're like around seven mm. let's say you don't know how to swim and your parents are like don't enter your, the pool by yourself. You would drown. Did you hear that mm -hmm. news of that kid would drown? 
It's yeah. the same thing. With ice skating, it's like the worst thing. Like you think the worst thing and yet it's probably far from the truth, mm-hmm. you know? But it's hard. Last time I almost broke my back, you know? Oh. It requires determination. When you don't know it, it's hey. kind of scary. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now yeah. I'm thinking twice about it if I want to do it. <laughs> no, don't worry, you know, you have to come and try, you know, learn with me. Yeah, for sure. One day I'll come and join you. And yeah, if we fall, we fall together, you know? I know if we fall, we fall together. Because I'm also a beginner. I know nothing about skating. And you may <laughs> surprise us now. <laughs> and I may be eh, showing you the angle and you're like, hey, Not this even. is beginner. <laughs> Not even. Trust me, I don't know. Yeah, okay. Mm. We'll see. Yeah, for sure. This winter, we have to you know, make it more fun and i don't know this thing of staying inside no 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 no. that yeah. can bring depression mm, yeah for sure mm. uh, no we should go outside enjoy cold life eh? mm, that's mm. that's what we should do yeah <laughs> so speaking about enjoying life what's one of the most unique places you've ever gone to like going to beautiful parks there is a park we went to in Gardner the other time with the west church and that park yeah. was beautiful the flowers and everything was oh yeah i would say that you know nature nature is beautiful and it amazes me i wouldn't say i don't remember any other place (laughs) maybe there are places i went to but yeah remember mm. but that's a good one yeah that park was so beautiful like and it was, remember when we were talking about like mm. imagine living there and then you wake up in the morning hey the yeah. breeze so those places because they make your mind feel like you know it's a hundred times wiser faster you think clearly so yeah. those type of places there's even this place we went to in the countryside Um, so I like those type of places because they feel they make you feel relaxed and Mm. even like if I was to study right now I would be the first one in class (laughs) (laughs) yeah because you feel so relaxed and so happy that's true nature is something else today's title if you have just joined us it is why are you hiding your talents why are you sitting on your talents on the talents that God gave you so Stay tuned for that. Lena is going to lead us into it. Share this episode with a friend and let them know that eh, we're talking about something crucial here, something important. eh? If you want, grab your notebooks, in fact, and start writing some notes because you are going to learn things that are going to help you in your own personal uh, walk. You may find them helpful and it's good to always, you know, remember those things that you've listened to in the past and go like, oh, okay, yeah. Like you may feel like you're in that season of life. You know, all of us go through seasons just as we talked about winter, summer, fall. And we also have seasons of life where you feel, you know, different things are happening. So maybe this is the season that you are currently in, you know, and you need this for your own self or, you know, someone else who is going through the season. So send them this episode so that it encourages them. Today, we're going to be talking about the parable of the talents. And that is found in Matthew chapter 25, verse 15 to 20. So if you're listening to this podcast, I want you, you know, to grab your Bible 
or you know even your notes even so that you can follow you can follow through as we go so matthew chapter 25 verse 14 to 30 says for the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods and unto one he gave five talents to another two and to another one to every man according to his ability and straightway took his journey. Then he that had received the five talents went and traded with the same and made them other five talents. And likewise, he that had received two, he also gained other two. But he that had received one went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants cometh and reconeth with them. And so he that had received five talents came and brought other five talents, saying, Lord, thou deliverest unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained beside them five talents more. His Lord said unto them, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. He also that had received two talents came and said, Lord, thou deliverest unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained two other talents besides them. His Lord said unto him, Well done, good and faithful servants. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. Then he which had received the one talent came and said, I knew that thou art an hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown, and gathering where thou hast not strode. And I was afraid, and I went and hid thy talent in the earth. Lord, there thou hast, that is thine. His Lord answered and said unto him, Thou wicked and slothful servant, thou knowest that I reap where I sow not, and gather where I have not strode. Thou owest therefore to have put my money to the exchanges, and then at my coming I should have received my own with interest. Verse 28 says, Take therefore the talent from him, and give it unto him which hath ten talents. For unto everyone that hath shall be given, and he shall have abundance. But from him that has not, has not shall be taken away even that which he has. And cast ye the unprofitable servant into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And so... As I told you in the beginning, here Jesus was trying to tell us what we should be doing as we watch for his second coming. I want us to first know what the master and the servants and the talents, what do those things represent? You know, mm -hmm. in the beginning, before Bontu said I should, you know, uh, come and talk more about this verse. I did not understand very well about this parable. And I was like, in my head, Bunt, why did you give me, you know, this parable? Because I never taken time for myself to study what it meant fully, you know, in depth. I always probably read it, you know, and was like, okay, I get what it means. But 
I never truly understood what it meant and the depth of that verse, you know, that it also talked about the duty of God's followers, of God's servants. I never understood that it relates with what I should be doing as a Christian these days as I'm waiting for the Lord. So we all know, I think many people have read this verse. They know the master represents Jesus. And we know the bond servants in the story. They represent the followers of Christ. Maybe people didn't know who are Jesus' servants. You know, are we servants of Jesus? You know, mm-hmm. yes, we are servants of Jesus. The Bible says that we are bought with a high price, you know, the price not of lambs or of gold or silver, but the blood of Jesus bought us. And so Jesus Christ, as his servants, when you're a servant of a master, it means you also have a duty. He gives you certain duty to work for him. You're a servant does not mean you just go and sit there, you know, and mm-hmm. be lazy there. But we have a purpose. Our master has given us a purpose. So maybe we're asking ourselves, what is our purpose as God's servant? What is our purpose as Jesus's servants? Before we get to, to learn what the, the talents mean, I know the talents can stand for the talents we have in our lives, but it's also deeper than that. It's broader than that. Maybe you're asking yourself, man, I don't have talents. I'm not a musician. I'm not a good speaker. I am not that confident. What I do is just sit there, listen to people when they're speaking and and smile at them. Or what I do is just cooking for people. That's it. So before we go to understand about what the talents mean, I want us to first understand our duty as Christ followers, you know? So we're going to get that answer from Matthew chapter 20 eight verse 19 to 20 here jesus christ was about to be taken in heaven and he told his disciples in verse 19 matthew chapter 28 verse 19 to 20 it says therefore go and make disciples of all nations so that's the duty he he told that the disciples he gave them a duty and a purpose baptize them in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. He was like, go and make disciples of all nations. And he was like, you're not just going to do it alone. I am with you to the end of the earth. When he went, Jesus Christ even told them, I am not going to leave you alone, but I'm going to leave you with the help. I'm going to leave you the Holy Spirit who is going to be guiding you through and reminding you of the things I told you. So you're probably saying that that was a duty for the disciples. I don't think that's my role. I'm not a pastor. I'm going to make disciples of all nations. I don't think... I don't have that gift. I don't think that's what God wants me to do. Yes, mm-hmm. Jesus taught it to his disciples, but we're also disciples, like means followers of Jesus. We're also students of Jesus, I would say. We're also children of 
God, you know, and we're also followers of Jesus. So that was the role for the disciples back then. It's also a duty for the followers of Jesus, even in these days. So now you're starting to question. So that's my duty to go and bring people to the kingdom of God and spread the word of Jesus and make Jesus known to people. Like, how can I do that? I don't think I can do that. And this is where this parable comes in when the master went that the parable says he gave every servant talents according to their abilities so he gave his servants he does not say other people who are not the followers of jesus but his servants means the people who claim to be followers of jesus if you claim you're a follower of jesus the bible says he has given you certain talents according to the, your abilities. And when the master came, he expected those servants to have multiplied those talents by two, you know, to have taken those talents to the exchanges and then multiplied them by a certain number, you know. But one of the servants just went and hid it in the ground and was like, when he comes, I'm just going to give him one talent he gave me. So now we're going to understand what is the meaning of the talents. He's still saying, I don't think I can do that. I don't think I'm equipped to do that, not to make disciples of all nations. So there is a quotation in Kansas on stewardship. It's a book by Ellen G. White. It says, to a greater or less degree, all are placed in charge of the talents of their Lord. Did you hear what it said? It said, all are placed in the church uh, of the talents of their Lord. The spiritual, mental, and physical ability, the influence, station, possession, affection, sympathies, all are precious talents to be used in the cause of the master for the salvation of souls for whom Christ died for. Amen. Christ mm -hmm. died for all the people in the world. Mm -hmm. And even the whole Bible, if you were to read from Genesis to Revelation, it talks about, it all leads to the salvation story, you know, how Jesus Christ loved us so much that he gave his son so that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. It's all like the story of salvation. So even us as his followers here, we should do all for the glory of God. And here we just saw that the talents God gives us, it's not just those things we think are great. Maybe you're not a great speaker, but you're good at hospitality. When you cook, people enjoy your food, you know. Mm -hmm. When you welcome people in your home, they feel loved and they feel joy. You know, you're good at that. Maybe another person is good at cleaning very well and organizing. When they, they are done, every person is like, wow, this looks amazing. And maybe another person uh, likes to speak to, to people, to strangers. They are good at that. You know, those are the talents God has given you. There is no talent that is not valuable in the eyes of the Lord. Mm -hmm. And another thing, the Bible says, he gave you talents according to your abilities. Maybe he would have given you that talent of being a good speaker. It's not according to your abilities. So he wants you to be content with what you have. And if you don't find those small gifts as talent, you should get to know today. That is considered as a talent in the eyes of the Lord. 
you know, everything that God has given you, every ability that God has given you is a gift so that you can use it for his glory, so that you can use it for the laboring of the souls. So if you were still questioning, saying, I don't have talents, now you know that you have talents. If you can even speak, that's a talent on its own. If you have hands, that's a gift from God. Use them for the glory of God. Because when God comes back and asks you what you use them for, and you say, oh, I still have hands. Lord, thank you. I took care of my hands. I did not serve others with my hands. He's not going to be happy with that. So to those people who are saying, some people are maybe saying, you know, my gift is just a small gift. You know, I only know how to clean the church very well. I'm a good deacon. But I wish I was like the pastor who knows how to speak well, who knows how to preach well. You know, I wish I had the gift that Bonto has. She has her own podcast you know everything looks amazing with Bontu and that gift looks so valuable I want to have that gift so I have this quotation for a person who is thinking like that it's in testimonies for the church volume 3 um, page 387 it says the parable of the talents rightly understood will bar out covetousness which God calls idolatry amen like if we understand this parable of the talents very well no, and take it to heart. So if people don't know what covetousness means, covetousness mean, it's like a spirit of wishing for things other people have or not being content with what you have. So that this quotation says, if you rightly understand this parable, it will remove out covetousness, which God calls idolatry. So that spirit of wishing for things other people have and not being content, God sees it as idolatry. It's not good in front of God's eyes. God wants you to be content with what you have. And when he gave you that gift you consider small, to him it was not something that was not valuable. He gave it to you in love and he expected you as a follower to use it very well for laboring of souls. And so, and when he comes to present him, oh Lord, this is what you gave me. And I actually multiplied it with two. These are the people I helped. And these are the people who got to know you using the gifts you gave me. And so I want us to be content with what God gave us. And if we are not content with what God gave us, will not be able to multiply those gifts. Many times we just want things that look bigger and higher. We have to first know how to manage the little we have, you know. We even know how to manage the little we have. The money you have, are you using very well? Are you being a good steward of that money? Are you being a good steward of maybe the food God gave you or your body before asking for a bigger thing? How are you going to be able to manage the bigger thing when even those small things you're not managing well? If we learn how to manage those things through Jesus, then he's also going to help us multiply those talents. And then they're going to be bigger and bigger and bigger. Amen. So maybe people are asking, okay, now I know that I have talents. I know that um, even the small talents God has given me, I can use them for his glory. And I know what he wants is for me to make disciples, but I don't feel equipped. 
I don't think I can do it. I'm not that confident that my hospitality spirit I have, I don't know how to use it to labor for souls, to reach out to people, to let people know that Jesus loves them. I don't feel equipped enough. So if you don't feel equipped, and if you don't feel like you have that wisdom, God equips those who are willing. It's not that people are perfect. There is nobody who is perfect. But when you allow Jesus Christ to come and reign in your heart and seek him with all your heart, he's going to be able to equip you and give you that wisdom so that you can help in the laboring of souls. So I want to give you this verse in James chapter 5 that says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach and it will be given to him. God gave us a promise. If we lack wisdom, if we feel like we are lacking something, we can't do it. Of course, we can do it. We need God to do it. But if you lack anything, ask God. If you lack wisdom of how to serve him, ask God, God, how can I serve you using what you have given me? Teach me how to serve you. Teach me how to love you. Just be truthful to God. Be like, even when I'm going to read the Bible, I don't feel like I understand. You know, I don't feel the interest. When I'm reaching out to people trying to tell them about you, Jesus, it's hard for me to communicate. Teach me how to speak to these people. God is surely going to grant your heart desires if they're according to, to his will. And of course, his will is for you to serve him with all your heart. So if you ask him, he's surely going to provide and he's surely going to help you. And in this story, we learn that God is not lazy. Many people, I think, who reach in heaven, we will never work again. You know, work, what is work? You know, I don't think we'll work. Uh, work is something bad. But God is not lazy. He works every day. If he did not work every day, we would be dead because there would be no, no person to protect us, you know. So work is a beautiful thing. God is not lazy. And he also expects his servants not to be lazy. And if you go back to the parable, the servant who was given one talent told God, here is one talent you gave me. The Lord says, thou wicked and slothful servant. Slothful means, you know, lazy servant. I wouldn't like to be called lazy by God, but unfortunately, many times we are lazy in things we do. We should remember that God is not lazy and he expects us to work for him. And if we feel weak and if if we feel discouraged, we should call upon his name because it's surely going to come to our rescue. So many think serving God means I wake up in the morning, read the Bible and pray and then go to work and then come back and talk with my family. That daily routine, you know, they think that's what God wants. As long as I'm playing it safe with God, you know, I'm reading his word and I'm praying and I'm going to work and that's it. No, God has a bigger vision for you than that. He has a bigger duty that is deeper than that. He wants you to go and labor for souls. He wants us that in all we do, 
we do for God's glory. Of course, he doesn't want you to leave your, your daily routines probably to go work for your family. He wants you that in your workplace, be a light to the people in your workplace. He wants you to be a salt for the people in your workplace. If you have a kind heart, use it to be a magnet to pull people to Jesus. God doesn't want us to play it safe. Oh, you're like, okay, God gave me a gift, you know, of knowing what Jesus did to me. So let me take that and hide it somewhere. I'm just going to enjoy it myself. No, God doesn't want to enjoy it yourself. Because if you hold it yourself and you don't want to share with others, he's actually going to take what you got to know from you. And so if we use all those things God has given us to bless people who are around us, and if you also want your gifts to be multiplied, by using what you have, God is going to be able to multiply and even give you bigger things, give you bigger gifts, and they're going to be multiplied. But if you sit with them, mm-hmm. bro, they're even going to go away. One day you're going to wake up and be like, you know, they ask you, uh, what's this verse? Uh, I don't even remember anything from the Bible. I feel like I can't even recite a single verse. Mm. Because you've never used them. If you don't use them, they're going to go away. But mm. by using them and wanting God to lead in everything, he's going to be able to multiply your knowledge. And he's even going to help you win souls for his kingdom. So I want to start by an example of people who are given beautiful, precious talents, but then they abuse them. Mm-hmm. And you're going to see what happened to them when they did that. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to go into the full story, but I'm going to give you a verse where you can find it and read it for yourself. In 1 Samuel chapter 9, verse 39, it talks about a king. Hmm. He was the first king of Israel. His name was Saul. What do I think about the same thing? <laughs> How? What? I was literally thinking about the same thing too. Really? Yeah. Okay, but can you give them a summary of the story of Saul? Okay, sure. Um, Saul is such an interesting character, right? At the beginning of his reign, he was, you know, considered as this king who, you know, like loved God and was obedient and all these things. And it showed even in his kingdom in the way he did his things. Mm -hmm. But when um, he basically like one time, you have to read that story for yourself, but like he um, offered a sacrifice when he wasn't supposed to, it was supposed to be Elijah. Mm-hmm. And so when he did that, um, Elijah came to him and said, because of your disobedience, mm-hmm. you're not going to reign, you know, for all the years of Israel. Someone else is going to come, someone who's greater. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, Saul must have thought, okay, yeah, someone else will come, but he didn't take it serious. But like the more it showed that there was really a king coming up who was David, Mm -hmm. he, you know, got jealous, jealousy came into his heart Mm -hmm. and um, he really got deep in sin Mm -hmm. to the point that the spirit of God left him. And what happens when, whenever you are without God's spirit, Mm -hmm. another spirit comes in. There's always a spirit there, you know? Mm -hmm. And that other spirit was from the enemy, was from Satan. Mm-hmm. And he came into him and 
he started acting the total opposite that God had intended for him. He was super jealous. He tried to kill David so many times and all these things. So he basically was using his power, his talents for the wrong reasons now. You know, before he considered God's using his power for the glory of God, then after he was more for himself, you know, especially when the ladies were saying, oh, Saul kills thousands and David 10,000. He was like, excuse me, like 10,000. He was like, how about the ones I conquered? Like, you know, it, it no longer became that this is for God's glory. It became to him that this was for his glory, that this was for his show. This was to praise Saul instead of this was to praise God. So we see how his use of power really changed over the mm-hmm. years. Mm-hmm. And because mainly he lost his focus. Mm-hmm. So like in the story of Saul, we see a person who was so gifted and favored by God in the beginning. He was given a gift of leadership, you know, and God expected him to use that for for his glory. He expected Saul to serve God. God expected Saul to serve him and he expected Saul to use that talent to serve his people, Israel. But because of Saul's disobedience and choosing to do it his way, he lost his talent, you know? He disobeyed God and did what God did not want him to do. And therefore, he did not multiply his talent. And later, he lost the talent God had given him, you see? So abusing things God has given us, abusing the talents God has given us can cause us to lose even what we have already. There is a time in my life where I wasn't, I was kind of mad at God. Something happened in my life and I kind of got mad uh, at God. I was like, what's the reason of serving you? Because at school, in my high school, I was known as this girl, you know, who loves God, you know, exemplary. And then something happened later. And I was like, what's the purpose of serving you if Mm -hmm. as a servant, I feel like you repaid me? something bad as this i Mm. feel like came from god how do you repay a servant something you know i blamed it on god but Mm. you know as i look back it wasn't god because god loves me and Mm. sometimes i allow things to happen to you so that um to grow your character and to strengthen you Mm. Um, so that time i kind of left god i was like you know i'm not gonna Mm. care about things anymore you know i'm just you know gonna be like other people in a way And I started doing things that God doesn't want me to do. Mm. And I wasn't reading the Bible as I used to. Mm. I wasn't praying as I used to. And then after some times, something hit me. All the word of God I knew, everything I knew, it flew away. You know, Mm. that when maybe people tell me, Lena, do this, you know, Lena, maybe we want you to, to preach to us or um maybe when if i reach a point where a person needs to hear the word of god and then they expect me to encourage them i would be stuck i'll be like what do i even tell them i would go search in my memory because i was that person you know all the bible stories everything man everything went and that point i also felt depressed and i also felt disconnected from God and it was not a good feeling because I remember the time I was with God it was the most joyful time of my life 
it was the most fulfilling time of my life. And even when I went through hard things or probably got bar bad marks in, uh, in school, I still had that hope and that feeling that God is on my side and he's with me. By that time, when I realized that the word of God is no longer in me and I can't recall things I used to know, I kind of felt that I was disconnected with God and that was the most scary thing in my life. And so I was like, I'd rather be with God than live like this. I started, you know, praying and searching for God and went to read even those Bible verses people would consider simple, started reading those simple stories of God. And when I'll read them, I'll be like, wow, it will be like the first time I learned them. So the life without God is so miserable that right now I know without God, I am nothing. And I feel like, you know, I would rather die than mm -hmm. live without God. And so if maybe people are wondering, okay, there are times like I think I left God. I, I am disobedient to God and I feel away from God. I mean, I fell away from the feet of God. But God is so merciful. He's not just going to cut you away from his children now. The mercy, he's still seated at, Jesus is still seated at the mercy seat. And if mm. you recognize that you have gone away from God and you, ha you have not used the gift he has given you the way he wants you to use them, don't fear him because he loves you so much. There is nothing he wants more than you coming back to him, you know, mm. and him showing you and guiding you through this Christian journey you know, and using you to labor for the souls. Another mm. story is the story of the prodigal son. <laughs> the prodigal son wanted to go away from the father. And mm. the father, you know, when he lived with the father, he had all those riches. He was working for the father, laboring, laboring for the father, you know. But mm. then he was like, no, father, I want to go away from you. Just give me all those things, you know. So he, he he the father gave the him the riches and everything and he left the father so mm -hmm. if you have those talents you know those special talents but you have left the father you're not going to be able to multiply those talents away from the father because we cannot do anything away from the father on our own you know because this is a spiritual battle the 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 work of laboring for souls of being a light to the word we cannot do it on our own because we are humans we are weak we can only be stronger through jesus christ who strengthens us and so as the prodigal son did because he recognized you know i squandered all my riches all the talents i had they went away like how do i live how do i survive he remembered that the father was waiting for him that the father wanted him to go back home you know so even us let us go back to jesus if you have lost all your talents or if you have misused all your talents focus your eyes back to jesus and he is going to welcome you to his house today and he's gonna give you more talents or a talent and he's gonna teach you if you're willing how to use them and how to multiply them so before we end i want to give you another special story of Two people who were given just a few talents, maybe we can call it one talent, it wasn't a lot of talents, but they were able to use it so well for the laboring of the souls, you know. So there is this story in Luke chapter 8, verse 26 to 39. It's also found 
in Matthew chapter 28, verse 9 to 34, it talks about, I'm going to summarize the story, but you guys can go back and read it for yourself. It talks about the two possessed men, you know? So these men were so possessed and they were, were living in a graveyard. And yeah, so every person feared them because they were so violent. Every time they would go to speak on their own, the demons they had in them would actually speak instead of the, the, the those possessed men speaking. But when Jesus Christ came to that island to that place he he was able to heal those two possessed men he gave them freedom and removed all those spirit and he sent those spirits in the in the in the pigs that were nearby and the the people of that village were like no you know those demons came in our pigs and the pigs went died you know they they went in the water and died we don't want jesus in this town we want you to go we don't want you to bring more things more bad things in our town we want you to go so when jesus christ was about to leave that place those two men who jesus christ healed from like freed the demons from they wanted to go with jesus so but they were like because they knew like at the feet of jesus that's where they got the freedom they knew that's where they got peace so they wanted to go with jesus so but they were like can we go with you but do you know what Jesus Christ told him? He was like, no, go back in your town and tell the people of what I have done for you. That time I was reading this book, um, The Desire of Ages. Um, that time that possessed man didn't know the duty what he's supposed to do as a new follower of Jesus. He didn't understand. But that time when Jesus Christ was like, go there and tell the people what I have done as a testimony, they knew what Jesus Christ expected of them. And they immediately went ahead and went around their, their town talking about what Jesus Christ had done for them. And in the Desire of Ages, it says, those men did not know Jesus, ha had not heard uh, Jesus's sermons before, you know, they had not heard, you know, Jesus's teachings before, you know, so they didn't know a lot about uh, Jesus's preachings and teachings, but they only knew a little thing. They only knew that Jesus Christ saved them from the demons and gave them freedom and their manlyhood again. And so they went ahead using the little they know about Jesus and spreading around the town, being the disciples of Jesus, using just the little they know. And the deserve edges said the work, the work those two possessed men did, it was like they were the first missionaries sent in that town, you know. And the 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 deserve edges said later after three years, Jesus Christ came to that town and the work those uh, that man had done who was possessed was so great that when Jesus Christ came to that town, uh, a lot of people were ready to listen to what he was he 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 had come to tell them, and so as those possessed men who were freed from demons, you're also saying that I only have a small talent. Go use it. If you only know Jesus Christ saved you from the sin, saved you from an addiction, go use that knowledge you have 
for the glory of God. Go around testifying and telling everybody you get an opportunity to talk to and a, a chance to share with Jesus. Tell them who is Jesus to you. You don't have to talk about the prophecies you don't know how to explain. Just talk about <laughs> a small thing, you know, and ask mm. God, oh God, this is what I know. Tell mm. me, lead me in this in, in this journey. You know, mm. teach me how to share with people and touch the people I'm able to share um to share with. And so I wanna end with um this quotation from Christ's object lesson, chapter 25. It says, Christ's followers have been redeemed of service. Our Lord teaches that the true object of life is ministry. Christ himself was a worker, and to all his workers. He gives the law of service, service to God and to their fellow men. Here Christ has presented to the world a higher co conception of life than they have ever known. By living to minister for others, man is brought into connection with Christ. The law of service becomes the connecting link which binds us to God and to our fellow men. To his servants, Christ commits his goods, something to be put to use for him. He gives every man his work. Each has his place in the eternal plan of heaven. Each is to work in cooperation with Christ for the salvation of souls. Not more surely, is the place prepared for us in heavenly mansions than is the special place designated on earth where we are to work for God. Amen. Amen. What a powerful quote. And I have truly enjoyed in this episode for sure. And next year, guys, Dena is coming back. Okay? She is coming. <laughs> God willing. Mm. Yes, God willing for sure. And next next year we'll even have Lena and other probably like uh, four people. Who knows? Sharing who knows? all throughout. <laughs> yeah, who knows? So you have to stay tuned for next year where Lena will be sharing more. But we hope that you will be blessed and enriched as you go through your week, month, life in general. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.